Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never, ever give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So folks, what I want to talk about today, because overall, we have to consider ourselves to be dead to sin. As followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are commanded to live holy. We cannot be of the mindset that we are all humans. We are still sinners. We still live in this flesh body. So, of course, we are going to sin. And if you say you don't have any sin, then you are a liar. Folks, the professing Christian who is steeped in sin, I'm talking about blatant sin. They want us to come and join with them in their dissipation. The problem with that is that we have been commanded We have been commanded to live holy, repentant lives. Colossians, what is this? Colossians 3. I want to, I want to give us some information because like I've said many times on the podcast, we act like we don't know what sin is. So Let us turn over here to Colossians because Colossians makes it clear how we ought to live and what we need to put down. Hold on. Let me just come over here. I'm in the book of Colossians. Do I want chapter three? Absolutely. Before we get started, Let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you and we will obey your commandments. Father, 
We do not want to go back to that old life. That life apart from you, apart from Jesus, was absolutely miserable. It was hopeless. It was filled with anger, malice, adulteries, fornications, sorceries. It was a hot mess. Father, over here in Colossians chapter 3, it says, Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above where, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. In verse 2, Father, it says, For us to set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which, are, which have only temporal value. Father, that's the problem. That's the problem with the modern church. We don't set our mind. We are not focused on the things above. We are focused on this earth, this temporal, in the days to come, at the appointed time, will burn up in ferrant heat. Father, I love your people. I love the fact that you have saved us. You have reconciled us back to yourself through the sacrifice, through the atoning sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, your son. I love everything about salvation, grace, repentance. I love it all, Father. And most of all, I love the fact that you have graced your children with the ability to be able to explain the gospel. Because Father, you know it was not explained to me according to the scriptures. And like for many of us who unbeknownst to us, ran into a wolf in sheep's clothing down at the local apostate church. So Father, yeah, there is a lot of brainwashing that needs to be undone. People who love their quote-unquote pastor they love fellowship at the church. They love everything religious and quote-unquote spiritual. The problem is they, like I had, not fully turned away from sin. Nope. And we go to these churches to get our ears tickled. Whether or not we knew that what was happening to us, 
But nonetheless, the ear got tickled because we were told that once saved, always saved. Saved. Father, we are not safe yet until Jesus comes back. Yes, we are being saved. Absolutely. You rescued us through Jesus from the kingdom of darkness. Jesus nailed sin to the cross. Romans 6 tells us all about how sin no longer is our master. And with that being said, the mindset should be, oh, okay, I get it. Sin don't have a say in my life unless I give it a say, unfortunately. So what's the problem? What's the problem that people refuse to get on board with the gospel? Father, (laughs) we know that you know this is not a game. It's not a game. This is serious business. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection is serious business, not to mention that precious blood that was shed on the cross so that we can have our sins forgiven. Father, I need wisdom today. I need wisdom to be able to teach today's lesson to let your people know we must stay out of sin. And that's the bottom line. And to the lost, I implore you who is stuck in your sins, who are rebellious against God, who rejects the work of of Christ Jesus on the cross, I implore you to repent, change your mind, stop sinning, and turn to God and follow Jesus. Jesus, my friend, is your only hope out of this world. You ain't going to find this kind of hope in no one else. The government is not going to save you. Your family, friends, co-workers, spouse, children, no one will be able to stop the wrath of God heading your way if you do not repent and believe on Jesus, that he is the Lord and Savior you need for that dead spirit of yours living on the inside of you. Jesus told the world, you must be born again. You must be born of the Holy Spirit. You must be born from above. Father, thank you for guiding us. Thank you. Thank you of what you said in Psalms 32, 8. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Amen.
And so for me, as I pray for my brothers and sisters as well, that we allow you to do just that. You guide us. You guide us along the path that we ought to be on, which will always lead to eternal life through Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that today's lesson bring you glory. May all that we do be to the glory of the living God. And I pray this and I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So let's just get into it because as as much as I scream and shout on this podcast, it is for a reason. It is for a reason because time is short. It is even shorter than it was yesterday. Folks, we got to wake up. We got to come out from amongst these false churches who want to present you a fake Jesus, who wants to indoctrinate you with their traditions of men and false gospels. Namely, how all God wants to do is bless you with material wealth. That is a lie. That is only so that the pastor, the quote-unquote pastor, can get paid. At this point in the game, all of the defending of these quote-unquote, and I must continue to put them in air quotes, these men of God, all these defending because you enjoy his charismatic sermons, you enjoy his hyperbole, you enjoy the fact that he's well-dressed, you are enamored with his excessive lifestyle you believe because he pulls up in a rolls royce that god's hand is on the pastor look at how god has blessed him meanwhile your pastor that you keep claiming is yours is knee deep in sin if he is living high on the hog off the back of the false doctrine Because that's what it is. It is a false doctrine called tithing and sowing seed. Tithing was given as one of the 613 laws of Moses. It was given to Israel. Point blank and then the period. It was not given to the Gentiles. The whole law, all of it was not given to us. The Bible is clear. Scripture is clear who the law was given to. We see it was given to the children of Israel at the foot of Mount Sinai. When Moses came down off that mountain and gave them God's law, he gave them the covenant. 
They agreed. God agreed. Everyone said yes and amen to the covenant. It was not given to us. I have done by the glory of God, by the Holy Spirit, I have done numerous podcasts about whether or not we have to keep any of the law of Moses. And the answer is no, because it was not given to us. The answer is no, because the Bible tells us in Romans, what is it? 10, 4, that Jesus is the end to the law because you have all of these Torah keepers that say that love to say, well, Jesus said that he did not come to abolish the law. Right. And he didn't. And he says that every jot and tittle. Right. But he also said, and this is the part that they seem to gloss over. Yeah. Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law. He says he came to fulfill it and he fulfilled it. We are not under the old covenant laws people listen unless you want to be like the christ rejecting jews of today because they still doing it if you could trace your heritage line all the way back to abraham you are not a jew folks no, and, and I don't care how many Hebrew Jewish sounding names you want to call Jesus Christ, because that's what we call him, Jesus Christ. So the whole faction behind, oh, well, that's not his name. Listen. At the end of the day, have you repented? Okay, so let's get down to the brass tacks. Have you repented of your sins? Have you put away have you put away the sin that so easily besets you? Cuz see, that is all what really matters. And no, we are not going to go back and forth, back and forth over nonsense. Cuz at the end of the day, the question is not going to be from Jesus. Have you kept my, no, have you kept the law of Moses? All 613 plus them 500, whatever else additional commandments that the Pharisees, the hypocritical Pharisees heaped on the people as well. Now, and since you love tithing so much. Where's the temple? No, a physical structure because we in the 21st century, New Testament, born again, blood covered followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the temples. So you want to stay up under the laws of Moses? Okay, so where is your brick and mortar temple that has a physical high priest from the tribe of Levi? Where he at? Well, we don't have to follow exactly the way they did it in the Old Testament because we can't slaughter animals. 
you need to really go away quietly because you're not sounding very intelligent right now. Exactly. You can't keep the law as it was instituted to Israel. So why are you playing? Why are you trying to appear to be more spiritual and religious than the Gentile believer? You ain't proven nothing because it's quite clear. Scripture tell us the law justifies no one. So if you think keeping the Sabbath, if you think keeping the Ten Commandments, if you, if you think tithing is your way to get in good with the Father, you are deceived. And you need to wake up, my friend, because see, Israel is on a pause. Because of the very thing you are doing. They didn't mix their works with faith. And when Christ Jesus came on the scene, he fulfilled the law requirements. So, that's that. Now, getting back to Colossians 3. Because folks, this is the problem. This is a major, major problem. You want to be so spiritual deep. You are in violation. You are under God's curse if you try to keep any one of those laws because the New Testament is clear. You keep one, you got to keep them all. And if you do keep one, you are under God's curse because you can't keep the other 612 and you're not even doing the one you are doing correctly. Amen. Israel couldn't take any shortcuts. So what makes you think in the 21st century, you get to have a shortcut? No, no. And that's the problem. Why not be liberated in Christ Jesus? Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. You want to know why he said that? Because of the burden of the law that the people could not keep. They couldn't keep it. So what makes you think you can keep it? And you are not even keeping it correctly. And that's the problem with these false teachers. They they love to preach on hyper grace. On the same token, they have your back over there in the Old Testament, tithing. And tithing was never, ever about money. It was always about crops and sacrificing of animals, unblemished animals. It was, it had a whole list of required steps you need to to do in order to bring this sacrifice to a high priest down at the temple last time i checked the temple burnt down in 80 in, in ad 70 so where are you going with this and don't say well to the church the local church is um is symbolizing the temple. Yo, stop it. You are stretching now. Who told you that? Well, the pastor told me. 
I bet he did. I bet he did as he stepped on onto the runway to his new $20 million Learjet, right? Don't forget to tie it next week. I see y'all in about two weeks. I'm off to go to Mexico. I got to preach the gospel down in Mexico. Huh. That sounds like one of them glorified vacays, if you ask me. The pastor, folks, wake up. The pastor is going on vacation. He is not spreading the gospel in a $20 million Lear jet. Wake up, folks. Please wake up. So, getting back to Colossians 3, because, folks, I'm coming to you today as your sister in Christ, who have who has been woken up out of the false church. If you are new to the podcast, you don't know my story. My story is that I came out of that damnable prosperity word of faith gospel. We were indoctrinated and brainwashed that if you bring God his money, his 10%, he was he will bless you with financial wealth, position, influence. You will never be sick. Your life will be your best ever. Not only that, but the wolf in sheep's clothing, Creflo Dollar and Kenneth Copeland, who I have sat up under for years, Love to pull out Old Testament scriptures to beat us in the head about this false doctrine of tithing. And one of their pet scriptures were Malachi 3.10. They said that we were robbing God and that God says that if we return to him, his money, he will return it back to us and that we can test him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can test God in this and see that when you stop robbing him and bring him back his money, watch him. That he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing. You won't have enough room for it. And not only that, how they, how they talk about the, um, how your, your crops your your womb won't fail that there will be no more miscarriages folks for the record malachi 3:10 was not talking to the gentiles that scripture is not a financial blessing scripture at all God was not even talking to the children of Israel. So who was he talking to? Because if you let the wolf in sheep clothing tell it, he was talking to you. You have not been bringing God his 10% of your income. So you're the one that's robbing him of the types and the offerings. Really? Is that, is that was what Malachi chapter 3 really talking about? Of course it was. Every time we are about to tithe, pastor has us turn to Malachi 3 so that we can see the promise of the blessing. Huh. Have you read Malachi 
chapter 3, verse 1? No, we, we, we didn't have to read verse 1. He took us straight down to verse 7 to verse 10. That's all we needed to know. And that's the problem. Malachi chapter 3 was God giving the corrupt priests the royal business. They were the ones who were robbing God of the types and his offerings. You want to know why? Because when the people brought the animals, the unblemished, healthy animals to be slaughtered at the temple, what were the corrupt priests doing? Instead of presenting God the choice of the choice animals for sacrifice, they were sacrificing sick, blind, uh, what is this? Sick, blind, and lame animals to be sacrificing. God is like, what is this? God essentially was saying, why are you bringing me this slop? Where's the choice animals? Where? And so he was giving them the riot act. He was telling them, look, listen, because apparently they were doing the right thing initially. So God says, look, if you return to me, he was not saying, if you return my money to me, then I'm going to return it to you. No, he was talking about their faithfulness. He was talking about their righteousness, that if you stop sinning against me, if you stop bringing me all of these sick and lame and blind animals, if you return back to your first love, then I will return to you. It was not talking about you bring me my money, then I'm going to give it back to you. Absolutely not. And then he was telling them, look, listen, you robbing me, so stop it. And... If you go back to doing what's right, if you go back to sacrificing the, the animals in the way that I instructed you, test me and see won't I open up the windows of heaven for you, corrupt priest. That promise was not for Israel. It was not for us Gentiles. It was for the corrupt priest that if they repent... And turn back to God and do their good works all over again. God says, test me and see won't I open up the windows of heavens and heaven and pour you out a blessing. You won't have enough room for it. And he also promised them this abundance of crops. Not so that the womb, the woman who's carrying a baby won't miscarry. I'm telling you, this is what they do. They twist scriptures. So as I'm sitting up under these false ministries, I was led astray that all I had to do was to make a confession for Jesus Never turn from my sins because they have downgraded sin to be a blessing blocker. A blessing blocker. You don't want to be in sin because that will stop God 
from giving you that fourth Cadillac. It would stop God for, from giving you that huge house you've been tithing for. It will block the blessings of God over your life. So you want to stay out of sin. Meanwhile, they love to say that the reason why they are not going to focus on sin was because they didn't want to promote a sin consciousness. Listen to the garbage. They didn't want to, they didn't want to talk about sin so much because if they talk about sin so much, then we will be what tempted to, to sin. And if we sin, then we block God's blessing. And if we block God's blessing, he can't get the money to us. And if God can't get the money to us, listen, listen to their sick and depraved mindset, right? So if we are in sin, God can't get that financial blessing to us. If so facto, we can't bring that 10% of that blessing back down to the local church. So it wasn't that they had our spiritual well-being. No, they didn't have our spiritual well-being in their hands so that they want the best for us. Nope. It was so that we can get the increase from God and we bring that increase back down to the pastor because he got a mortgage that needs to be paid on that $5 million, 10 bedroom mansion. He got the pastor got to keep up with his shopping sprees. He got to keep up with the, with the rest of his wolf pack because he see they getting bigger houses, bigger cars, more lands, more tuition that they can pay. So God opened up my eyes to the corruption that had been going on unbeknownst to me because if they are not teaching on repentance, they ain't mentioning sin only to tell you it's a blessing blocker. They could care two flips about how once you leave them, you go back to your weed smoking and your masturbation and your porn watching. You go back to the clubs. You go back to wearing skimpy clothing. You go back to your lying and your stealing and your cheating and your cutting up. They could care less about that just so as long you come back next week with another 10% of your hard earned income. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so my deal was that since they promote and teach and exalt once saved, always saved, I never, I never turned from my sins. <clears throat> I thought, well, at least I'm not in as much sin as I was. The problem with that was I was completely deceived. I was completely deceived. So that's the problem with sitting up under false, false ministries. It encouraged you not to live holy at all. It encouraged you 
encourages you to live your best life ever, make the most money as you can, because that's, that's prosperity. When you have tangible assets to, uh, how can I say this? Show it off. That's just it. As long as you got tangible assets to show off, you are walking in the pride of life. If you show it off, that proves that you have great faith because only according to them, only a person who has great faith will have great wealth. Yeah. So if you are still broke, busted, and disgusted, as they love to say, because let us not be mistaken, they hate the poor. They despise those who are not rich as them. They will tell you in a minute, oh, you don't want the curse of poverty over your life. <coughs> Excuse me. Folks. What am I saying about all of this? I'm saying is that, because I'm coming to you as your sister in Christ today, we need to wake up. We need to come out of sin once and for all because the day is getting shorter. It's getting shorter. And for those who may, who may be listening who are not followers of Jesus, listen, you need to repent. Yes, you need to repent, stop sinning, and follow Jesus because Jesus is the mediator. He is the mediator between sinful man and holy God. He is your only way out of this thing, my friend. He is your only way out of sin. He is your only way to live in a repented, holy, righteous life. Uh-huh. This world has nothing for you. All that it has, because the Bible tells us what it, what it has. All that is in the world is the lust. This world craves lustful things. And the powers that be who worship their father, Satan, knows this. This is why they give you what you want. The lust of your flesh. The lust of your eyes. Listen, anything this flesh wants, whether it be a sexual thrill, whether it be um, some adventurous thrill, Whatever this flesh wants, there's a market that's geared to appease its lustful desires and passions. All you got to do is spend one day watching commercials, right? Holy Spirit, all you got to do is spend 24 hours watching commercials and see, won't it appear, uh, uh, appeal to that flesh? See, won't it appeal to your eyes? Because whatever they parade around in them commercials, oh, it's the biggest, it's the baddest, it's the shiniest thing you will ever see. And then when, especially food products, oh my goodness, there's a whole industry 
a whole photography marketing industry that on purpose set out to fool you about a bowl of cereal. One day I'm watching, it, I guess it was some kind of documentary on, on marketing and, and how they intentionally put before you a false representation of the product they want you to buy. In this case, they were, they were hired by some cereal company to shoot these commercials. Simply a bowl filled with milk and cereal, right? Because that's what they were selling. Have you ever made yourself a bowl of cereal, right? The milk is what it is, is white, right? You put your, your cornflakes in there, you put your Cheerios in there, whatever. And what happens after about a good five to seven minutes, maybe 10 minutes, if you're not paying attention, what happens? It goes from crunchy to soggy, right? And so now it's looking lifeless. So we all know how many shoots it takes to make a commercial, right? Let's say 30 takes. The lighting got to be right. Actors got to be right. Kids got to be on par. So that cereal sitting in that milk, oh, it's going to look soggy and drainy and it's not appealing to be presented to the masses, right? So what do they do since they know this? Because obviously through trial and error, either they shoot the commercial within 30 seconds or figure out a way that they can shoot this commercial for 10 hours until they get it right with the sound editing, with the lighting, everything got to be right. But that cereal must look fresh as if you just poured it. So I'm watching behind the scenes how they make these stupid commercials. You know what they use instead of milk? They use Elmer's glue. Fill the bowl up with pure white Elmer's glue. That looks like a fresh bowl of milk. Glossy, fresh bowl of milk. And then what they do is that they take tweezers. Individually place these cereal pieces into the glue. The fact that it's glue, the object that sits on it, won't sink to the bottom. Therefore, they stay crunchy until they are finished with the commercial. Folks, it's all a lie. It is all smoke and mirrors, not to mention what they do with hamburger products. They make that that burger looks so juicy and hot with the melted cheese and the, the perfectly placed drops of, of mayonnaise and ketchup and mustard. Oh, that's what you want. And then when you go down to your local burger joint that put out the commercial, their hamburger looks absolutely nothing like the commercial. Why is that? Why is that? Is all smoke and mirrors. And that is what Satan offers you. Nothing but smoke and mirrors. Everything to distract you from hearing the message of Jesus Christ. That God has made a way for you to be reconciled 
and restored back to him through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that going forward, you are to be baptized as a symbol that you have crucified that flesh along with Christ Jesus and that you went down in the water as a sinner. Like, like, well, Jesus was not a sinner, but it is symbolizing his burial. And then you coming up out of that water, a new, the new birth. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. That represents and symbolizes his resurrection. That's why we get baptized. Not for the removal of sins, but an appeal to a good conscience unto God that we understand we have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who lives because Christ lives in me. So this life I live in this body, I live it by faith in the son of God who died for me. He loved me. He, he gave himself up for me. Oh, I love Galatians 2.20 because Galatians 2.20 turned the lights on for me. So all that time, I'm sitting up under that damnable prosperity gospel since 2002. All those years, I'm in sin. I'm in adulterous remarriages. Who knew? But yeah, I'm in these adulterous remarriages. Why? Because when I divorced my first spouse, he was still alive when I married hubby number two and hubby number three. I thought like you thought we were in the clear to divorce and remarry if our spouses commit adultery on us. But that's not what Jesus says. He said, except it be for fornication. Long story short, fornication is when you have sex with someone who is not your first covenant spouse. You as a single person is sleeping around. So what did Jesus mean by except it be for fornication? Because he says that except it be for fornication, if you divorce and you remarry, you now commit adultery. Why? Because fornication is different from adultery. So what was Jesus talking about? He was talking about how if when y'all two get engaged, and during the betrothal, the engagement process, somebody cheated. Somebody had illicit sex outside of this commitment to be engaged with the knowledge that one day y'all two would get married. Okay, so one of y'all had the affair. It was kept hush hushed. Y'all went on ahead and got married. Shortly after the marriage, it comes out that, let's say if it was the man, that your fiance cheated on you while y'all were engaged. And then upon being married now, 
Y'all back from the honeymoon. Y'all got the house. Y'all have started your new life. You get a knock on the door from a female who says that that baby in her arms is your husband's. And you're like, wait a minute. We just got married. That baby looks about to be about five months old. We've only been married for a month and a half. What you mean this is his baby? It cannot be his baby. Well, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I've been seeing Bob this whole time. Y'all been engaged and we've been having sex this whole time. And then I, I turn up pregnant. Bob disappears on me. I find out that he married you, but this is Bob's baby. And you're like, Bob, come here. Come here. Who is she? What is that she's holding? I don't know. I never seen her before in my life. And she's like, stop lying. Tell her who I am and who this is. Babe, I don't know who she is. I've never seen her. That's not my baby. Well, she's saying it's yours. She's saying it's yours, so what happened? I'm telling you, I don't know what happened. She says, okay, well, you know what? Let's prove this. Let's go and get us a DNA testing. After much screaming and dragging of Bob down to get tested, six weeks later, it comes out, yep, Bob is a liar. (laughs) he's a liar that is in fact his baby okay so what happened well Bob cheated on Sheila while they were engaged and in this case concrete proof evidence that that's his baby meaning Bob committed fornication while he was engaged to Sheila and then after the marriage it came out Oh, Bob is a big fat liar and cheater. So Sheila, if she chooses not to forgive because that's optimal. That's what we want to do because there is forgiveness for the the fornicator, the adulterer, and the, um, the liar, the cheater. Oh, absolutely. Now, For whatever reason, Sheila's like, no, how can we even begin to have a marriage based on trust when I can't even trust you when we were engaged already? Because Sheila is thinking once a cheat, always a cheat, once a liar, always a liar. So how can you start off a new marriage under such duress? So... Jesus says, except it be for fornication, meaning the fact that Sheila and Bob have this issue. Sheila can go on, divorce him in the clear and remarry, and she will not be called an adulterer. So if that's not the case in your situation and you divorce for some other reason, Let's say that if Bob did commit adultery within the marriage or he's abusive or his feet stink or he can't keep a job or he's messy or he has a temper or his family hates you and there's a big old problem. Bob apparently can't make children. So 
If it's any other reason you divorce except, like Jesus said, sexual immorality is fornication. It is not adultery. And how do we know that? Because Jesus says you commit adultery. If you, if your first spouse is still alive and you have divorced him or her for any other reason and you remarry and he or she is still alive, you commit adultery. That's how we know that fornication is not the same thing as adultery. Yeah. So how do we get off on that? Well, cause see, today's podcast is just a chat. Is a chat about the many false doctrines, the many traditions of men, the fact that we deceive ourselves to think we can stay in blatant, willful, deliberate, rebellious sin. And still get to go to heaven? No, folks. Uh-uh. That is not how this kingdom works. Look, Colossians 3 tells us that you died to this world. Verse 3. For you died to this world and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. Yes. Just like Christ has a resurrected body. Well, when he returns, those who remain faithful and endure until the end, we too shall have our resurrected glorified bodies. Amen. Verse five. So, Put to death and deprive of power the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual, self-centered instincts. Because that's the problem, folks. We are so self-indulged. We only think about ourselves, our families, our money, our little church, our little this, our little that. What about the harvest? What about souls that are on their way to hell every single second? And there are young folks there too. I recently had a tragic death in my family. My nephew, 23 years old, just starting out, was killed when a New York City train hit him in the head when he was bending over to pick up his backpack. One minute he's here, the next minute he's gone. He's gone. And if you are not in Christ, Jesus is not going to work out for you in eternity. That is why we cry aloud and spare nothing. Because we understand God ain't playing with that lake of fire. We got to wake up. We don't know when Hebrews 9.27 is going to be enacted in your life because it is appointed once for man to die. And then the judgment. What judgment? Huh? Revelation 20. 
It tells us that how if your name has not been found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown, tossed, cast, hurled into the lake of fire. Jesus says that is the second death. Romans 6.23 tells us for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is through Christ that we shall have eternal life, but we got to get there. And we ain't going to get there still smoking and drinking and partying and turning up. No. But the pastor told me that no, no man can pluck us out of Jesus' hand. Oh, did he really? Well, did he tell you that you can forfeit your inheritance by getting yourself tangled up and enslaved by sin all over again when you go back out there in the world? Did he tell you that it would be better if you had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and reject the command that was given to live a godly, holy, righteous, repentant life? Did he tell you that? Did he tell you that when you do go back out there into the world and get all tangled back up again, it's just like a dog who returns back to its vomit did he tell you it's like a washed pig who who was filthy just 10 minutes ago, but now is clean as a shiny new penny. And then for that pig, pig to go back out into the mud, did he tell you that, miss, oh, no man can pluck me out of Jesus' hand? That's a false doctrine. You can lose your salvation when you, when you turn your back. And commit spiritual adultery against the living God who saved you when you go back out there into the world. Because James tells us to be friends with this world is to be an enemy of God. Did he tell you that? Miss, no man can pluck me out of Jesus' hand. Yeah, but you can sure jump out of it. Oh, you can jump out of it. But we have eternal security. Says who? Well, the pastor, listen, you need to come up out of that church. Nowhere in this scripture that tells us we are good to go. But there's many scriptures that tell us to set our minds on things above. Many scriptures that tell us to what? Don't become a withered branch that gets cut down and thrown into the fire to be burnt. Many scriptures that tell us don't go back out there into the world. Many, many scriptures. All you got to do is read them. Pick one. Pick one. How about just meditate on 2 Peter chapter 2 verses 20 to 22. Yeah. Study that. That alone among the many. Apostle after apostle follower after follower. This is what we herald. You can lose your sure footing if you reject what Christ has done for you and you go back to that mud, that vomit, that old sinful life. 
you go back to the old man, you ain't going to make it, friend. And no, we ain't going to pretty that up to make you feel good. No, y'all can go to all those tickling ear preachers who love to smile in your face as they got one hand on your shoulder and the next hand and the other hand in your back pocket. Uh-uh. Nope. Nope. The truth of the matter is that if you don't repent, if you don't remain faithful to Jesus, you will go to a burning hell as you await the final judgment. Jesus, in closing, made it clear that when he returns, he will have his reward with him. And he will give to every single person according to their deeds, according to the work of their doings. So if you think God is playing, that if if you think that you can stay in your riotous, wickedness way of living, you ain't going to make it. None of us, none of us is going to make it because let us never forget the price we pay for sin is death. Eternal separation from God and his son Jesus over there in that lake of fire. Make no mistake. That is why, my friend, that is why we must turn from our wickedness. Turn from riotous living. Turn from sexual immorality. Turn from worldly lust and passions. Turn from rebellion against God and turn to the only one that can save us. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because when you've when you've been truly born again, you are now free to be holy. Yep. Mm. Let me help you out. You in Christ are no longer a slave to sin. Christ Jesus has liberated you. You are free. You are free. You want to know why you're free? Because Jesus gave sin the big business on the cross. He abolished sin's control that, that was so prevalent, prevalent in your life. Sin no longer is that domineering, dominated force that it was before you came to Christ. He abolished the control and power that sin had over you your whole entire life. And not only that, he defeated death by, by being raised out of the grave and remaining alive. Because the Bible talks about people being brought back from the dead, but eventually over time, they too died. Christ Jesus is the only one that was born, that lived, that died, and that was raised from the grave and remains alive today. February 9th, 2022, Christ Jesus is alive, sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, waiting to make his enemies his footstool. 
And not only that, he is interceding for you. Jesus is praying for the saints that, that we don't give into, into temptation, that we don't fall back into sin and that we remain faithful. And I'm quite sure there is a lot other stuff that he's interceding on our behalf with the father. Countless, countless. Let me tell you something, right? Holy spirit. It brings me and I pray for this for you too. It brings me great comfort to know that my savior prays for me daily, continuously, because people say, say to us all the time, Oh, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to keep you in my prayers. And then when they go home, they forget all about us. Come on. We've all are guilty of doing that at one time or another. Oh yes. So-and-so I'm going to pray for you. And then maybe you may jot off a quick little prayer. Lord cover them. No, I'm talking about inner intercession. I'm talking about Prayer warriors standing on the wall between us and God praying day and night. How much more so is Christ Jesus, the prayer warrior in our lives? So listen, listen, we have to, we have to understand time is running out. Christ Jesus is nearer to standing up on his throne, making his way back to this earth. Because when he comes back, he ain't coming back as a babe in a manger to save his people from their sins. He has done that. When Christ Jesus returned, oh, he's coming in great glory and majesty. He's coming as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yep. Yep, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Christ Jesus is coming back to deal with his enemies. You do not, you do not want to be on the wrong side of the Lord when he returns. No, so none of this earthly, worldly passions with all of his lust ain't worth it. Nope. It may look good, feel good, taste good. It may be prideful to show off all of our accomplishments and, and seeking fame, fortune, and recognition and worship from men. Uh-uh. Nope. It won't be worth it, folks. No. When there's so much more at stake. Listen, this world ain't got nothing on the kingdom of God. Oh, absolutely nothing. And not only that, this world is temporal, temporary, meaning it ain't going to last forever. Unlike the kingdom of God forever and ever and ever. Hmm. Would you, would you rather be burning day and night in the lake of fire? Or would you rather be in the new heaven in the kingdom of God? the new earth. Would you rather spend all of eternity with our heavenly father and his son and fellow saints, old Testament saints, new Testament saints. Don't you want to be there? 
So we got to see the bigger picture. And that is why Paul was telling the church in Colossae to set your mind and keep focused habitually. That means every day, every single day, every opportunity, all day long on the things above the heavenly things, not on things that are on this earth. Now, look, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go, but I want to read something from out of James. I was reading James today, and I'm like, James, he he said a mouthful. Now, let me see. Where in James did I highlight? And I was like, uh-huh. He done said that. And, of course, wait a minute. Is this? And also, nope. Uh, now, nope. But in your heart, said, okay, well, no, that's first. I'm at first Peter. Child, no wonder I couldn't find it. Go back. How do I? I know y'all ain't got nothing else to do. Y'all here with me, with the word of God, and I so appreciate it. Okay, wait a minute. Was this it? Oh, yeah, because he looked, James chapter 4, right? James chapter 4 was, was telling us about those things to avoid, right? Like being jealous, being covetous, you know, not giving into uh, your lust, not giving into self-indulgence, not giving into excessive. Because he was saying in James 4 chapter 4, uh, right, James 4 verse 4, you adulterous, disloyal sinners flirting with the world and breaking your vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend, that is loving the things of the world is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Amen. And that's the truth. Look, and if we come down to verse six, but he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin. God gives us the grace to resist sin, folks, and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Amen. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud and haughty but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. So, verse 7, submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded person, you double-minded people. Verse 9, and I'm going to take it to verse 10, and then it's, then it's a wrap. 
be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin. Let your foolish laughter be turned to mourning and your reckless joy to gloom. Humble, verse 10, humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance. Listen, folks, we got to be low, 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 low down to the ground in front of the living God. This is not the place to be high and mighty, self-righteous and haughty. Nope. James says, humble yourself, yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will give you purpose. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Father, James also exhorts that we are to be patient Strengthen our hearts, keep them energized and firmly committed to you. Why? Because the coming of the Lord is near. Amen. And that's James 5 verse 8. Father, this is why we are committed to live a life of gratitude for our salvation. This is why we live a life of thanksgiving to you for your mercy and your kindness and your justice and your righteousness because we understand the day, the coming of the Lord is near. That should wake us all up. This ain't the hour to be in sin. This ain't the hour to be complacent. This ain't the hour to be lukewarm. This is the hour to be on fire with great zeal that our coming hope is on his way. Father, may the people wake up. May we all wake up and understand we need to keep busy being about the Father's business. The mind of Christ stays on his harvest. Our minds should be on the recovery mission of the lost, helping Jesus by serving him, whether it be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers. So that we can go out into the highways and the byways to snatch. Because some folks need to be snatched from hell's fire, Father. And to wake up the sleeping, lukewarm, unrepented follower of Christ Jesus. Who, who walks in habitual sin and still believe that they have a fellowship with you. Uh-uh, we need to shake them up, exhort them that they need to come out of these false churches. So, if that means sitting at the feet of Jesus in your home, being 
being taught by the Holy Spirit, Father, then so be it. Because you know I've learned so much sound doctrine straight from the Holy Spirit than I have ever done being in somebody's church. It is a blessing that if any one of our brothers and sisters can find a true Christ-following, Christ-centered church that preaches on repentance, the love of God, the wrath of God, and that if we don't stop it, we ain't going to make it out of here. Father, bless your holy name. Hallowed be thy holy and righteous name, Father. I ask that you continue to give your children more and more grace so that we can be of service to you in obedience. And I pray this and I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Well, there we have it. Today with just some chat talk, it was catching up on the things of God, what to look out for, what to avoid, how we must stay out of sin. So this is fellowship. This is, this is what true fellowship is all about. We don't have to be in the same building. We are the church. We are the ecclesia. We are the called out ones, called out of darkness into the marvelous light. Glory be to God. So, I pray, I pray for you, my brothers and sisters, that you, that you let not your hearts be troubled by anything that's going on in this world. And I don't, and I don't care what it is, what it is. It is nothing compared to the peace and the soundness of mind we get from Christ Jesus, our Lord. And when you come to him with clean hands, clean, holy, set apart to God hands, and you come in with a clear conscience that's not riddled with grief and and guilt because of your sins, it's a beautiful day in the garden so that we can hear the the next assignment, the next mission that Jesus has us to do about his harvest. Because it's all about others. It's all about us being low, low, low down to the ground and exalting Christ Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. It's not about exalting the pastor and his family. It ain't, it ain't all about being self-indulged with all of our selfish worldly situations and problems, the cares of the world. It's about none of that. It's about helping your fellow man spreading the gospel that you don't have to die in your sins because God sent us a savior, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And through him, we can get to the father. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Until next time, repent and believe on Christ Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. Rely on him. Trust in him. Lean on him. Allow him 
to show you the way to go. Put away all of your selfish ambitions. Put away all of your worldly sensual desires. Incline your ear to hear what your Savior wants you to do. And then do it because he will grace you with the ability and the boldness to go and do it. I'm a witness. Glory be to God. So, Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.